11, good morning. 67 degrees now. Looking for a chance of rain later this afternoon. My name is Bob. It's BS with Bob Schmidt. Chris Rochester, my next guest. Uh, talking this morning about Foxconn, not really... You know, I know the stuff that I've, I've I've heard on the radio. I know the stuff that I've seen on television, read in the paper. But I still don't get it. I, I, to me, I, I it's a, a big deal for the state of Wisconsin to get something like this uh, into the state, I think. Uh, Chris decided to let me know a little bit more about it and i thought well let's let's chat about it chris good morning thanks for being on with me from the mcliver institute uh free market voice for wisconsin uh chris rochester good morning tell me good morning tell me about tell me about the uh the foxconn deal what 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 is it what does it mean what does it mean for us in wisconsin well uh first thing about foxconn is it is this is a massive, massive project. It's a massive proposal. Um, it also involves a pretty good chunk of taxpayer dollars uh, as an incentive package to help get the company in the state. So those are the two, I think, major uh, points to make here. Um, Foxconn is a Taiwan-based electronics manufacturer. Uh, they own Sharp TV. They're a contract manufacturer for Apple. Uh, one of the larger, largest companies in the world. Uh, they want to build a 20 million square foot manufacturing plant. <clears throat> well, I don't want to. I don't want to call it a plant. I try to avoid that uh, because it'll, what it'll really be is a small city. It'll be about 15 or so buildings, uh, up to 13,000 employees, uh, 10,000 construction jobs in the making of this, the construction of this, uh, and then the predicted 22,000 indirect jobs created uh, as kind of part of the ripple effect. And this facility will be the size of 11 Lambeau Field, or this, this campus, this manufacturing campus. Uh, it will be the, uh, the lar- one of the largest manufacturing campuses in the world uh, when it's at full speed. Uh, that, to me, is mind-boggling, you know, right here in Wisconsin. Uh, and it will be the largest corporate attraction project, uh, which is the term they're using, attraction project, in United States history if it, if it goes through. So this is a, a big deal for the state of Wisconsin. Why w- why would Wisconsin be picked over the other 49 states? Well, we've heard a, a number of different stories. I think uh, part of the reason, is, and this is, we hear this from the Walker uh, administration officials that we've talked to, um, they, there's a lot of intangible factors. Uh, the, uh, the Walker administration and the university system, the UW system administration, the tech colleges, uh, and t- officials at all levels uh, around the state uh, have worked together pretty seamlessly on getting this uh, getting this deal in line. I think that's a, a, a big factor. Um, another big factor is is the incentive package. We're talking about uh, just about three billion dollars in refundable tax credits. Uh, part of that uh, is based on the ten billion dollar investment. The state will refund a percentage of that investment. There's a sales tax. A holiday for construction materials for this company, and there's also a refundable tax credit for qualified full-time jobs that the company creates. Uh, so, Chris, I that, thought I read so I thought a I read big chunk of change. I thought I read yesterday that each of the jobs would end up being for the uh, Foxconn company a million dollar tax credit, basically for each job. Is it worth it for that? Um, see, that's that does, and this is one of the reasons why we're kind of uh, MacIver. Uh, we're talking so much about this because that's that's not true, and there's a lot of uh, misinformation or false information going on out there. Um, that was based on a faulty, 
wrong, incorrect, back of the napkin math by someone at Bloomberg. Um, that number is not true. We're, we're, with, with taxpayers, uh, we'll still be helping to put the bill for some of these jobs, uh, but not to that tune. Um, the fact is the company has to create all 13,000 jobs uh, to get that amount of tax credit. Um, it's called the, the, the Walker folks are calling it pay as you grow. So if they only create 3,000 jobs, they get a much smaller amount of money back because the tax credit is based on each job created. Okay. One of the things that you had mentioned early in your in when we started talking was if this goes through, I had read early on in the Foxconn talks that they've talked with other states in the past and it bailed on the uh, bailed on those after a while. Is this something that may happen or could happen with this after getting everybody's hopes up or what? Right. Um, yeah, this is one of the things that opponents have talked about um, consistently. And uh, one thing to understand is the, the so Foxconn had a deal with Pennsylvania uh, uh, several years ago that fell through, and opponents of this uh, cite that a lot. What seems to have happened there was, and Governor Walker uh, confirmed this on the, on the air yesterday with another MacIver News uh, reporter, uh, the, basically with Pennsylvania left Foxconn, not the other way around. Uh, they changed, the, the governor changed, the, governor tried, the new governor tried changing the terms of the deal. That didn't work out with what Foxconn was looking for. And by the way, this was a much smaller plant they were proposing there. Um, but the CEO of Foxconn still came through on a pledge to give $20 million toward, or $10 million towards cancer research to one of the cancer research centers out there. So I think we're, I think we're negotiating with the company in good faith here, um, and there are plenty of legitimate concerns. I don't think it's uh, one of them is that the company is going to back out after literally having hundreds of its executives and and people in the state of Wisconsin looking for sites and hammering this deal out for a couple months now. I just don't picture it just falling through like that. But uh, Tom Still from the Wisconsin Technology Council at an assembly hearing. Uh, a couple weeks ago, said if we're gonna if it's gonna fall through, it's gonna fall through now, not after they start looking for a site and engineering the building. Chris Rochester joining us from the MacGyver Institute. Um, you can find them at the MacGyver or MacGyverInstitute dot com. Now, uh, how, what is it? What's the timeline on getting something like this done? You mentioned ten thousand people on the working to build it. Thirteen thousand future employees of those future employees well first answer that question what what's the uh what what's the timeline on this do you know well they're they have the pedal to the metal um so a good opportunity to talk about the process here there's been concern about the, how quickly this is going through um the so a couple weeks ago uh governor walker and the founder of foxconn terry go signed their mem memorandum of understanding that kind of outlined that the bill that ended up being introduced in the assembly uh, shortly thereafter. Um, that bill, uh, there was an 11-hour public hearing uh, a couple Thursdays ago on that bill, and uh, so based out of that process, a, a bunch of amendments got added. That was approved on Monday at the same committee in the assembly on a party-line vote, so they're moving pretty quick, and now at the end of the month, the Senate is going to take it up in the Joint Finance Committee. And so after that, uh, it'll, you know, I'm assuming it passes, it'll be signed into law, and 
the company, from what I understand, wants to acquire the land as soon as possible, hire, and it's a huge, huge chunk of land, um, so it's not easy to put together those kind of parcels. They, I believe they want to have 1,000 a, a people hired by the end of this year, and they want to break ground relatively soon next year and have the plant running by 2021. So you, you mentioned that they want to have 1,000 people d- d- hired by now. Are, are these people that are going to be hired from the state, people that are current state um, state um, residents, or are these people that are going to bring over from Taiwan to run this plant? You know, without, I think there was probably going to be mostly from Wisconsin. I'm not sure. Uh, but they do want to have 1,000 Wisconsin-based employees, new employees, uh, to start, I mean, this is a massive engineering project, and, and they want to, from what I've heard, they want to have those people in place uh, as soon as possible uh, and get the ball rolling on this. Now, with the people that are negative and, and against this, Chris, are they mostly against it because, is it because of the environmental impact that this build, that this large, like you called it, small city will have on the uh, on the state, or what's the reason behind the negative, negative talk on well, this? There are there are legitimate concerns out there. Um, there are legitimate concerns about uh, giving this kind of special deal to Foxconn when uh, nobody else gets the the, for example, environmental uh, waivers. Um, and so some folks are saying, if, for example, uh, with with Foxconn and our environmental waivers on the environmental impact statement requirement and on the certain provisions about the filling in of wetlands. And like I said, it's a huge project. And uh, Corey Mason, actually the Democratic representative from Racine, said at this hearing, if unless they choose to build in a desert, there's going to be impact on wetlands. But the, the very same exemption also strengthens, strengthens, strengthens the wetland mitigation. So if they disrupt one acre of wetland, they have to fill in, or they have to create two acres of wetland elsewhere. Currently it's 1.2, so that actually strengthens the environmental uh, regulations. Um, so there's concerns that this is a special deal, this is a lot of taxpayer money involved, um, the state's going to be uh, paying Foxconn and refund the form of refundable tax credits. Um, but again, there are other concerns that are you know, as far as the environmental side, no law is being repealed here. Um, and if, if Foxconn can get it, why shouldn't other businesses? There are 440,000 small businesses in Wisconsin. Why, if it's good enough for Foxconn, why not good enough for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what's the answer to so, that? I'm sorry, go ahead. What's the answer to that? I mean, if it's good enough for one company, uh, a large multinational company, why isn't it good enough for Bob Schmidt, Inc.? That's a good question. Uh, you know, maybe it's something to look at going forward. Is take a look at these duplicative uh, paperwork type regulations. Um, you know that uh, the the, the uh, federal government has stringent regular regulations requirements too. This company will still have to follow those. Um, but if there's undue burdens on Wisconsin companies, why not take a look at and and if this exemption is one of the key things to get this, this huge company here. What, it, what would it do for smaller businesses? Right. Now, I'd, I'd read also that there's a 25-year payoff on this, that it's tax breaks will end up being into, excuse me, into like 2043 or something like that. So, you know, that, that far into the future, who's to say that after 20, you know, 24 years, 22 years, 
15 years that they're not going to, I don't know, hold us hostage saying, well, you know, we're, we're going to pull the business out. We're going to move to Utah or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that I think is a remote possibility, but it's still, you know, maybe a possibility. I, I find it kind of hard to believe that um, some private company would invest $10 billion uh, and then only then skip out after just 15 years. How many hundreds of millions of dollars per year does that equal uh, just for them to, to skip out? Right. But I mean, it, I think. But, but then, but the way that technology moves, I mean, it could they what they're doing could be obsolete in fifteen years. You know, um, I've heard that too. That's another criticism. Um, I was at the Milwaukee Art Museum when they had their kind of big expo where the Memorandum of Understanding was signed a few weeks ago, and the technology I saw there was you know, they, they had unbelievable uh, technology round semi-circle TV sets and uh, transparent displays and displays that are half-inch thick. I really don't see that happening. This, this is a company that started back in the 70s as a kind of a one-man shop with Terry Go making TV knobs and handles for the old Atari, and now they have become one of the largest companies in the world, $150 billion a year in revenue, uh, and they've done that by adapting to changing circumstances. So I think this is a company that'll be here to stay and once they get their once they set up here you're going to have a large supply chain uh, that gets rooted right here you're going to have developments near their plants for they're already talking about a, a one billion dollar dow or corning glass plant right next door to supply uh foxconn plant so um i, I see that as the, them moving I think in our lifetimes, it's kind of a remote possibility. Right. Well, I guess I kind of look at I look at Sony and how they were, you know, the big dog in VCRs or whoever whoever was the fax machine king, <laughs> or Black, yeah. or BlackBerry or you know whoever made the biggest boombox back in the eighties. The the companies that were huge at the time and now are non-existent or a completely different you know footprint than what they had back when they were back when they were huge. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. This, this sector is changing pretty quickly. Um, like I said, the stuff I saw on display down in Milwaukee was pretty amazing. So I, I think this is a company that's in it in it for the long haul. Right. Well, cool. I mean, I, I I've learned a lot, and you answered a lot of the questions that I had. And these are a lot of ones that I've that I've seen pop up on Facebook with people, you know, wondering what, why this, why that, what what's the deal behind. You know, the different tax breaks and, and whatnot. Do you do you think that the that this will open up? Uh, a can of whatever <laughs> for other for other big national company or international companies to come into not only Wisconsin but in other states and kind of demand the same thing, saying, "Well, in Wisconsin, Foxconn got this deal. Why can't I get this deal? I- you know, in Tennessee." Well, um, that's kind of one of the, I suppose, justifications that I've heard for this uh, incentive package is that if Wisconsin, and, and, and actually Governor Walker did say on the radio that uh, other states had put more more uh, more money on the table, um, but other factors like we have a great university system and access to water, which is important to their plant, uh, and other factors um, made Wisconsin a better state, even though we weren't putting as much money on the table. But what, what, what is the reality, I think, uh, is that if Wisconsin didn't put the money on the table, another state would have, and that 
would have attracted the company to a different state. So we're already in that situation where if a state doesn't put money on the table, the other another one will. It's been that way for a while now, and uh, it's, it's not the ideal situation for sure. Uh, you want the free market to operate freely. Right. Uh, but uh, Governor Walker made a statement at that art museum uh, event that Wisconsin, in his uh, mind, wants to play in the big leagues, and this is big league money. And the ultimate ripple effect uh, is impossible to measure. So as far as the 25-year repayment window, they, they do say in that memo these, these are highly speculative numbers, right. uh, and it's impossible to measure the ripple effect. Chris, and let me ask you. return on investment of uh, private dollars versus public dollars. Chris, let me ask you. Let me ask. Let me ask you this, Chris, because uh, you know as well as I do that once something like this goes in, the infrastructure to even get to there, the roads that I mean, you and I know that you're from the, you're from this part of the state. You and I both know that people are bitching about the roads here every day. Uh, I'm assuming the same thing ha- <laughs> in, the, in, in, in the rest of the. I'm, I'm I'm assuming with the rest of the state as well that the roads are craptastic if, at best. That and all of a sudden you've got thirteen thousand more people going to a, you know to to a place. And they're getting a tax break. The money that they could be paying in taxes could be going to fix, you know, the roads around the state. Right, uh, and that stretch of, of highway there, I ninety four North South, which leads from the Milwaukee area to the Chicago area, uh, is pretty pretty rough, and it's on uh, it's on the list of projects to complete. Uh, and this incentive package does authorize, I believe, it's two hundred eighty five million. In contingent bonding to get that fixed, so that was um, that was on the list of projects anyway. This just kind of lights the fire under that project. Very good. Hey, Chris, appreciate your time this morning. How do we find out more information about the stuff we've been talking about? Well, uh, like you said, MacIverInstitute.com. We're also on Facebook and we're also on Twitter at MacIverWisk. M A C I V E R. M A C I V E R. Uh, McIver Institute. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate your time this morning. It's uh, 829. My name is Bob. It's BS with Bob Schmidt on today's Talk 14 Nights.